Okay, is it recording? Is it live? It are we going? It Michael, looks like it's live. Are you there? Six, <laughs> seven seconds, eight seconds, nine. We've been going at this for 45 minutes at oh my least. Gosh. But we got it. We got it. We got We're it. here. And Hello, we everyone. Delayed by I don't are know we how streaming? many days. Wait, wait. We're not streaming. <laughs> That's what we I should be joke. streaming. It's a joke. Who, who wants us <laughs> to start streaming? Um, message two, us now two hands, because big up there. we're working on it. Possibly, potentially. I mean, I'm not going to say anything. One day, we're just going to edit that out dreams. in post process. Are we? Are we going to edit that out, Michael? I don't know. I think we should start making promises. You know, actually, I really enjoyed that stream that you and Robbie wasn't it did. fun? The Halloween episode. Yeah. Um, it. We had so many people show up. We had such a good time. I, I and we up promised that we would. Um, you did. Um, actually, if you listen back to that episode, we uh, referenced you a couple of times. And now <laughs> you're, you're like standard I'm like, one of mainstream us. host on the show. Yeah, Welcome. It's not an us versus them anymore. It's, an, it's a we. It's a we. It's a we? We. Not an Nintendo royal we, but we. No, no. The royal we is a very lonely <laughs> we. It's it's the happy we. Wait, no. Not a happy. Never mind. Okay. Anyways. Welcome to the Creator's Playbook. My name is Steven. I'm Michael. And today we are talking about army stuff, actually. We're going into to wartime. Oh, you know what? This we're makes doing me a, happy. Oh. I'm, this, I'm telling you, I, I hope that you're excited for the prompt that I wrote, Michael, because I wrote this prompt with you in mind, ooh. believe it or not. We're doing a character sketch today. The theme today is Scouts. A cavalry scout, uh, to be oh, okay. precise. Wait, cavalry. So, a guy on a horse. Uh, Isn't I. Isn't that what cavalry is? We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Okay. After okay. the music. Welcome to the Creators Playbook. Yeah. Wahoo. Welcome back, everyone. Okay, you just asked me a question. Doesn't cavalry mean horse? And I want to say yes, but everything that I saw in reference to cavalry scouts, as the official name, just said that they're people. So, define cavalry. Soldiers who fought on horseback. You are absolutely right. Um, however, modern soldiers who fight in armored vehicles. Oh, like a tank. The modern horse is a tank. I uh-huh. believe. So why would Tracer and Overwatch say the cavalry's here? Probably because they're bringing when she's not on a horse. Uh, what's his name? The big guy with the shield, and he charges. Oh, oh okay. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I mean that's I could that's see cavalry to me. Um, it also says here, used to refer to a source of help or rescue in an emergency, especially as a last resort. The Calvary. Um, and I oh, think that that's probably Tracer. That phrase. That, that sounds more like the a Calvary Tracer type phrase. Right. She gets in, she helps, she gets out. But I just looked up the definition of Calvary Scout. Ooh. And see? yeah, it's a commander's eyes and ears on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I looked up when I looked it up. Or that's what I saw, I should say. This is a little bit more specific to the way that the U.S. Army is kind of put together. Organized. Yeah, organized. That's a great word. I should probably use it. So the Cavalry Scout, every time I looked up just a scout or an army scout, it always came back as Cavalry Scout. So that's kind of where I am, am just yeah. using this. It's right there. It's fine. It makes sense. Yeah. So a scout can fit. Oh, <clears throat> I'm getting ahead of myself. 
Hi, Michael. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. You know, better, better now than I was about 30 minutes ago. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Okay. So scouts, scouts are responsible for the eyes and ears of the battlefield. A scout's primary responsibility is reconnaissance. They are responsible for making sure that they can see what the enemy is up to and making sure that they're tracking and getting that information back to headquarters or the captain, whoever is in charge of their squad. So that is really what we're looking at. Now, cavalry, okay. especially when we're looking at vehicles, um, I also saw that scouts can be responsible or are responsible for the repair and maintenance of the vehicles that they use. Mm -hmm. So there is a little bit of a mechanic side to it. Um, scouts also can aid in snipers. So Ooh. they can be next to and help point out or make sure that it, more eyes for the snipers to to kind of see of what's going on. And okay. I also saw that a scout can um, be promoted to sniper with extra training. Uh, it, that's like a, a good career path or at least a career path. I'm not sure if all scouts want to go that direction. But, you know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of really cool things out there. So you really can say that a scout has a lot of direct connection to the captain. And just making sure that they're staying safe or out of the enemy's line of sight um, yeah. As well as, you know, planning out attacks. Now, one thing that I was curious about is, do scouts see combat? And according to the way that things are currently in the army, yes, they see combat equally as much as any other member of that. Uh, I want to say platoon. You guys, yeah. I don't speak military. I do I'm not sorry. understand military terms. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> the squad, uh, whatever it is. Squad. Um, yes, they're just as likely to see combat. So they, they don't necessarily stay out of combat's way. Um, they, okay. They're just as likely to patrol. They're just as likely to, to fight when everybody else does. So they need to be fully trained in that area. And last thing, the designated ID for scout is 19 Delta. So that position, 19 Delta, is the scout's position. I think what's kind of oh, cool about scouts. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, think I see that cool on about, the emblem. I just looked up the emblem for them. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. I didn't do that. See, look, you're doing more research than I did. There you go. There you go. Um, but I think what's cool about the scout is that this is outside of my, my realm yeah. of research. But the scout tends to be off more by themselves. They're not with the entire troop, at least when they're doing reconnaissance. And I think that's where we can have a lot of fun with storytelling because we can follow a singular character or maybe even a small group of characters uh, yeah. as they complete their reconnaissance and how they interact back with that military organization or okay, the, the cool. squad. So what are your thoughts uh, on, on scouts in general or anything in that realm? I mean, it sounds dangerous. I mean, you know, because you're, you're going out there and you're going ahead and you're looking, you're looking to see the movements and troop mm -hmm. placements. Uh, you also got a lot of opportunities to help other people out, repairing vehicles, loading vehicles, yeah. uh, securing ammo, fixing vehicles as they break. I mean, I was just looking at the job description for cavalry scouts in the U.S. Army and mm -hmm. You've, you got to operate the vehicle and you've also got to perform maintenance on the vehicles. Yeah. So there's a lot that, that can be involved. And I, yeah. I think having that list of responsibilities brings obviously with it, its own amount of stress. Yeah. Um, but again, the whole point of kind of using this as a launching point is to kind of observe something that exists and mm -hmm. then projecting that and using that inspiration and having it be a mode of storytelling. 
Uh, yeah. That's what we do on this podcast. In fact, I didn't even say that at the beginning of the episode. Um, this is the way to go. Guess we... what, guys? We're here to tell <laughs> stories and help <laughs> yep. you guys tell stories. Mostly help you guys tell stories, but we kind of enjoy it too. You know, we're just a little bit frazzled. It took a while to get into the <laughs> recording. <laughs> we're doing our best. I think we could probably start moving into our prompt. Awesome. What do you think, Michael? Take it away. I'm not going to take it away just yet because oh. you need to help me come up with something really, really quick. I need you to help me come up with an adversary an or adversary. some type of thing that is being fought against. I don't have any types of prompts for this. I want you to start saying off the first things that come to mind, and it can be from any genre. I'm not giving you any limits here. We could go more on the robotic techno. We can go okay. more archaic. We can go like, tell me, tell me what is, yeah. what well, is our scout okay. going to see? Well, maybe a mixture of things. The first two okay. things that came to mind was alien robots. Okay. Okay. Alien robots. Pretty standard. Aliens Are we talking like green, robots. like green head alien, like black no, eyes? No, no. Are we talking um, more like Kardashians? Not Kardashians. I mean, oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you mean you mean the one on Voyager, Star Trek Voyager? I mean, oh no, oh, sorry, Deep Space Nine, Kardashians. Kardashians, not Kardashians. Kardashians. Not Kardashians. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 Whew. Wrong. Do you know what? I've been in the beauty industry whatever. for the last eight years. You you just follow what you follow. Okay. All right. Uh, Romulans, I'm, I'm, Klingons, what, what yeah you okay you know beastly aliens um not oh, okay not predator not mm-hmm. not uh, alien alien but like mm-hmm. uh you know let's make these lion-esque lions okay lions but they've bit got feline, a little bit uh power yeah. like they can leap they can claw they yeah can... yeah yeah they, they've figured out how to like advance to the spacefaring age with oh. faster than light travel Okay. And they're on this conquest of just like, they happen to be the next planet over and ours was the first one that they made it to. Okay. Okay. So they're definitely not from the world that we are on right right now. Okay. But they've uh, made it to landfall. They don't necessarily have the technology to bombard from space and wipe everyone out. So I mean, like they want to keep the planet intact and just bombarding the planet from space would ruin the ecology of the planet. So they want to take over the intelligent species of the planet and that just happens to include <laughs> the u.s and oh we're, and, we're not on earth i'm just gonna put that out there wait wait we're not on earth Mm-mm. wait okay so what what if then earth was two planets over and we both make it to the same planet at about the same time and we okay. we're trying to colonize it same solar the, system same star system not solar because solar's ours right this is oh the you said system. that earth was two planets over Two, sorry, two star systems over. Oh, okay, okay. Same page, right? Gotcha. So you got alien planet, alien mm-hmm. star system, Earth, right? And we're looking at colonizing. We're looking at okay. going out there, right? And so we happen to make it to this planet and we happen to set up in such a way that they were on like one side kind of scouting. We were on the other and we were like, yeah, this is a cool planet. And we both land. And oh, that's kind of suck. Right. But, you know, like we kept missing like each other and didn't realize that <laughs> that we colonized both sides. Right. And okay. now oh. it's time to take over the planet. And we realized, oh, my gosh, there's another species on the other side. We didn't realize it. And, hmm. and so um, 
I want to say the landmass is like, maybe this is a jungle planet. And so water is like 25% as opposed to 75% of the coverage of the planet. We are going to talk about the terrain here in the prompt okay. just a little okay. bit. So we, let's not dive that far in. Okay. I, we probably will be stripping away some of these concepts, but you sure. can pull some of them back in if you would like when we get through the prompt. There could um, be a moon that exists. What I am looking at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the big thing that we're looking at right now is feline or, you know, some giant cat who is space fearing. <laughs> space fearing, space fearing. <laughs> space fearing. Michael, I cannot pronounce things to save my life tonight. So okay. It's okay. we're going to die. It's going to be great. Okay, okay. But robots. Robots, robots. that are controlled by... Right. So instead lions. of making vehicles that they drive, <laughs> they actually made robots that ferry them places and, and do all the fighting for them. Okay. Because they, they, they they're, like... They're like... Um, they're the, what are they the called? Commander. Zoids? Are, are Zoids? Zoids that anime show? It's like Gundam Wing, but all the robots are like giant, pouncing animal quadrupeds. Totally did not watch that one. <laughs> nope. Uh, I don't know. That could be it. I think they're piloted by humans, though. Yeah, if you look up Zoids, they're all wild beasts. Uh, tigers, lions. I mean, maybe not lions. But yeah, that totally <laughs> reminds me of Zoids. Is that oh. what you're thinking? Ooh, yeah. You know what? That's the one. We'll do that. Okay, Zoids. similar to that. Similar, similar to that. Um, but I see them being more like generals. Like, hmm. they, didn't, they didn't send over their full army. They they sent over their scouts maybe scouts ah no they're uh, generals uh. <laughs> and they're they're scouts and their scouts use these chicken lion things they look like chickens they're bipedal <laughs> <laughs> right, right? Um, but and, it's interesting and, they don't use wheels literally everything is built with legs which I think is actually kind of cool okay yeah I like this idea um, okay whereas, I think we're ready. Yeah. Wait, wait. Say what, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say we like wheels, you know, as as humans. We didn't think of going from bipedal to by, you know, like bedpedal yeah. humans to bipedal vehicles. We were like, skip that. Let's do wheels. We like <laughs> wheels. <laughs> uh, wheels make the world go round. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? I am. Perfect. The dry heat scorched the deadlands. Show his eyes watered as they shifted positions. He focused on his right, darting his gaze across the endless dunes. Nothing. The sun finally broke on the horizon, bringing with it a blast of heat unlike anything Shohi had ever experienced. The solstice had arrived, bringing with it the longest day of endurance, which meant that the shifting of the umbra was here. Three of his ice crystals had already shattered from the sheer heat of the natural elements. He kept the rest of them in his canteen with his remaining aqua shards, where they were running deathly low. He watched that horizon, nearly impossible to see with the blistering sun. The attack would be soon, it had to be. Home cavalry was at its greatest disadvantage, now more than any other moment. The attack had to be now. But where? How? And then he felt it. The sands shifted, and in the distance began to churn like swirling oils. Madame, he yelled into the verbonite, panic in his voice. Quad Gamma 438... Due north, northeast. They're here. Charge! Wait. And that is our prompt. They are here. They are here. Interesting. So we're taking the robots that you brought with us, um, these, yeah. these robots, but they're underground. What? They're not above the surface. Underground. Wow, these scouts have their work cut out for them. 
They do. <laughs> okay, oh. so Shohi is our main character, and they are right now, the part of the planet that they are on is a very desert-like planet, and there is a little bit of a magic system going on with oh, the technology right. that he has access Ooh, to. I like um, this. But obviously, what they're fighting against is not using the same type of magic system. They're using a technology system, and they're not even humanoid. They're very much quadruped, <laughs> which I think is actually kind of interesting because that makes them even more distant okay, than okay, would okay. not be. Who has the magic? Is it the humans? The uh, Shohidas. Yeah. The um, Shohidas yeah. have the magic. And they're fighting a technological race. That's what it's looking like. Yes. And I kind of wanted to get your inspiration before I said anything sure. because I want it to really feel like we're at odds with what is happening on both sides. Breakdown of the magic system. It's not a pure magic system in the way that no humans are casting anything, but they have found a way to convert natural elements into stones that give off that natural element at a controlled rate. What's an element? Like so wind, water, earth, fire, fire uh, wind. I'm not so sure. Uh, oh, actually, yes, wind. Um, their okay. communication devices use a verbenite. Verbenite. So it's they're just crystals that vibrate, and then they are able to uh, hook them up in ways where oh, they can communicate. Oh, okay. So that's when, when you brought in this canteen that he had with the ice crystals and the aqua shards. Yeah. That was part of the magic system to bring yeah. a lot more water than they really could feasibly. Right. Like the canteen would just slowly refill water. over time until Ooh, the shards are gone. Two, please. <laughs> right. Uh, that'd be great. Um, but I think the way that these are kind of built and we're getting way more into this than we need to because i just thought yeah. that was kind of a cool system that's yeah, fun I like, it. I like it um but water would then be like condensed into a shard and then kind of like a compression and then slowly mm. releases again okay so Ooh, wait so they figured out how to compress water Impressive. something like that right maybe Com compressive Com compressive <laughs> so most compressive we have a couple of questions for us to get through. Um, what does the scout do next for question number one? Question number two, oh. how does the battle pl take place? Question number three, <laughs> question number three, what are they fighting for? Question number four, how does the scout help in the battle? And question number five, do they win? Can I answer them out of order? Oh, you can, yeah. Any, any way that we want. Oh, okay. 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 So question number five is, do they win? Mm -hmm. Do you want to answer that question first? Is this yes, a retreat? Because what are you thinking? <laughs> I think this is interesting because I think they lose. Oh, okay. They, well, maybe not the war, but they lose this battle. Yeah. Right. This this skirmish that's going on here. I mean, I mm. kind of like the idea of them, them actually losing the war. And this is really a story a about dramatic odds, like against all odds. And mm -hmm. maybe only a band of them loses. But the real people that I mean, like, what what is it? It's it's like maybe an offshoot story. Like the main story was like you learning about these tiger creatures or lion creatures up front. The first book was how the tiger, the lion creatures won. We should give them mm -hmm. a name. Uh, tigress, lionesses. I don't know. I called them lions, but I keep saying tiger. I'm sorry. Anyway, pretty soon at the end of the episode, tiger they're gonna be tigers. 
tiger mania. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I think the main story is actually how the tiger, the, the lion, dang it. <laughs> I think the main story is how the lion's creatures win. Yeah. And this is like the backstory on how they lost, how the, how the humans lost that war. Okay. This is interesting. Um, before when we were talking about what they're up against, before we got into the prompt, you said that these were two alien races on a new world yeah, that were trying to pretty much claim the world, right? Right. So just like you're saying, if book one, they both find out about each other already on the surface, mm-hmm. what if, okay, the, the main group that we're dealing with, the human group, what if they were there to colonize and for them, it was the long term. Yeah, yeah. And the lion group is coming in much more combative as in the lions are way more used to taking over worlds with like a military force. Right. And this group, like they're there to survive. They're there to farm. They're very, there to cultivate. They're there to grow on the planet with the planet. Right. Um, and, and, ready, and a lot is know. at stake because this is a colony world and they only yeah. have so much resources to colony worlds. And so like, it's kind of life and death for them. And if they have to retreat to another planet, that's bad news. But I think they, what missed- if they can't retreat to another planet? What oh, if their only snap. way off the planet is literally quickly taken from them? Like the, the very oh, first skirmish, whatever they ship they came on, vehicles. it's gone. And so now, it, you know, it, is it life and death? Yes, but there is no retreat. They either survive or yeah. they die. Ooh. Oh, gosh. But it's that, that interesting really because they're both the aliens. Level. Right. Um, and I think the humans missed the first, missed the aliens on the first sweep of the planet mm-hmm. because the aliens, much more the, safe the lions, the lions went underground to start with. Right. To protect themselves from the environment. Maybe like, okay, you know, this is kind of a hostile world a bit. So we're going to have to set up our bases underground instead of above ground. And so mm-hmm. that's why they ended up with these robots that tunnel as opposed to <laughs> overground. <laughs> Because uh-huh. they found it well in the end, it was actually kind of easier to do that mechanically, right? It, which well, and it caught our team completely know. off guard, right? Uh, so I, I think that's that would be an interesting like mm-hmm. twist to throw in there. Okay, so fifth, they lose. Okay, they lose. They, they at least keep retreating, and they've they've lost their mode of escape. So they have to do mm-hmm. something to either take that back. Maybe they can infiltrate the enemies and steal one of their ships. Mm-hmm. And so this crew is on the lookout for the alien escape vessels to Hmm. get to outer space. So they're trying to maybe capture that. That's their goal. How are we going to use the job description, the quote unquote job description or inspiration of a cavalry scout? How are we going to now propel Shohi forward into that type of position? And I think reconnaissance is the number one way that we're using the inspiration that we're talking about. Scouting reconnaissance. At this point, I feel like he's going to get separated from the rest of the squad. Yeah. Um, and so I think then the story will unfold as Shohi is being forced to use his reconnaissance training to find his people, or maybe at the same time, find a weakness in the okay. enemy lines. How about this? I think his job duty is to, his crew was sent out to find these escape vessels mm-hmm. from the enemy. Oh, take the enemy's own vessels? And take the enemy's own vessels. So that's their mission. They're scouting ahead. They're radioing back. Like, okay, troops are here. Troops are there. They're trying to come up with, the main army is trying to come up with a plan to distract the aliens. Well, Mm -hmm. they're both aliens. To distract the lionesses, the lions. 
uh, so Do that they can steal. <laughs> we need a name for them. Uh, what's what's the cinnamon for cinnamon? I can't oh, say. Cinnamon. What's the cinnamon? <laughs> what's the cinnamon? Cinnamon <laughs> for a lion. The lion rolls. Okay. <laughs> the lion rolls. Oh. Ooh. Uh, okay. Synonyms are just different animals. Cougars, wildcats, cats, griffin, Leo, lioness, puma. Leos. Leos. The Leos? Yeah. Though it kind of reminds me of Gundam Wing there. Well, um, Leo is a star, uh, a constellation, isn't it? A large constellation, which is the lion. Haha. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a zodiac. Okay. What if you said that this is only one star system away from Earth, correct? Right. And it's one star system also away from these aliens, too. What if the aliens come from the direction that the Leo constellation is from? Oh, wow. That's like coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) Astronomically speaking. (laughs) You know what, Michael? Try to make this work. <laughs> so we can call them the Leonoids. Okay, yeah. Leonoids. Yep, yep. I'm uh, we're rolling with it. Leonoids. Not quite human. Um, <laughs> so the stars from the the Leo constellation are Denebola, Gamma Leonis, Delta Leonis, Zeta Leonis, and more. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Leonids <laughs> meteor shower. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah. 2021, baby. Leonids. Sorry, are we going to stick with the Leonoids? <laughs> I think so. I like okay. it. Leonoids. It's not a thing. Like, is it? I'm Maybe. Googling I don't know. Somewhere. I don't know. I'm making this up as we go. That's literally the whole point of the podcast. Apparently, it's a programming thing. Leonoids? And there's a movie. The is Leonoids. Really? Fall of Leotus. Or is that a book? <laughs> <laughs> it's a book. <laughs> the Leonoids. Well, okay. But par- here's the thing, though. Leonoids <laughs> meteor shower. The Leonids. Yeah. Leonids. If they fell like meteorites onto the world that they're on, this one occurs about every 33 years. Oh, hey, it's happening in 2021. I'm so glad we had this episode so that I could. Whoa, Michael, the last time that this happened, I was born. No way. I'm 33 right now. And this happened 33 years ago. (laughs) I feel special. Okay. So this is November 6th through the 30th? Uh, November 17th. Peaking 17th. Well, anyway, we're having a party then, and we should like... We should live stream it. We should live. Well, maybe. <laughs> probably be late at night. Okay, okay. Leonids. I'm going with that. That's what we're calling them. Just Leonids, like the meteor shower? Yeah, like the meteor shower. Okay. We'll do it. Leonids. Perfect. Leonids. Maybe okay. because when they when they attack, they look like a meteor shower. And it happened to be the same year. No, I don't. Okay. No. Anyway, we're, we're driving right. more, more meaning that we don't need. So I think we've actually answered a couple of these questions. Like, what okay. is this team fighting for? Well, they're fighting for another ship to get off planet because they know they're in this losing battle. They didn't bring enough resources to fight a combative yeah. unit. Um, and how does this scout help? Well, there are the actual ones going to find the escape vehicles. Yeah. And I'm going to assume that this is a very small team. So in this story, we're going to get to know this group of characters. Mm-hmm. Very well. Um, we're going to be following their highs and their lows and their struggles. We're probably going to lose one of them. Just putting that out there. Oh, you know what? Maybe got to lose one. Um, Team of five. So it gets desperate. Could you imagine in the book where actually Shohi dies halfway through and it continues from like a second character? The, oh, wow. You know, I've, have I, have I read a book like that? I don't know, but that would be like, I've been thinking about introducing more like, 
not drama, but like uh-huh. more emotion in in the, our writing. Yeah, yeah. I would like that. I think it'd be interesting. Totally like his point of view the entire way through mm-hmm. until he literally doesn't make it. And then, you know, the next character has to pick up and not knowing everything that he knows from the first half of the book. So we as the audience would know more in book two, or I guess the second half of the book. Yeah. I'd almost want to like you end, you end with them seeing like, like getting within, you know, hundreds of meters or or hundreds Mm -hmm. of feet of like their target and show he dies. Well, did you want the second book then to pick up with the next person's point of view, or it's literally in the middle of the first book we change perspectives? I don't know. Um, I think it'd be. I mean, because they lose. If it's like, and the, like the three quarters point to change perspectives, I think that could be really rough for the reader. True. Okay, you want to leave it with a cliffhanger. I think he dies at the end, and that's mm-hmm. the failure of this mission. They lose. Okay. They lose this battle. So he does and- not survive show he does not survive and they have to regroup but they're now cut off behind enemy lines Mm -hmm. they still can communicate with the mainline forces Mm -hmm. through the vibraphone or you take such good notes michael (laughs) (laughs) verbanite verbanite phone verbanite if you're if you're the one reading the story i would have been like what's that called again what's that thing (laughs) yeah Hello, this is Stephen from the future, and I just wanted to give you a quick heads up that while I was editing, it had come to my attention that I had mixed up my solstices and my equinoxes. Um, you will hear uh, in this episode that we say equinox over and over again, but what we meant to refer to was the solstice. The solstice in the calendar year is the longest day of the year and the shortest day of the year, and the equinoxes are when the days and nights are equally as long. We were saying the wrong one. I do apologize. So just be aware of that when you listen to the rest of this episode that we meant to say solstice, not equinox. Okay, enjoy the rest of the show. You know, when you're holding up your your phone and showing me the notes that you had taken, you wrote the word Umbra, and we actually hadn't come back to Umbra from the story prompt. Um, oh. which yeah, I yeah, think yeah, I had yeah. written as more of a, a magic system type that the reason why they were weaker was that mm-hmm. the shifting in like their magic system was occurring because of the equinox. I oh. don't mind removing that from the prompt. I can read that section again though. Um, cause that well, says the- right here okay. just to, to give us a refresher. The sun finally broke on the horizon, bringing a blast of heat unlike anything show he had experienced. The equinox had arrived, bringing the longest day of endurance, which meant the shifting of the umbra was here. I had no idea what that meant. I just wrote it, okay? <laughs> I'm going to put that out there. A lot of times you know, when I write these prompts, I write things that sound interesting to kind of give inspiration of like, oh, what does that mean? Or what can we do with that? I don't have a clue when I'm writing this. I, it just... It sounds interesting. After that is when I kind of like dipped my toes into that magic system of uh, using crystals for natural energy. Mm-hmm. So do we kind of want to lean into this in the prompter? Do we kind of want to shift, like strip that out? Well, uh, Umbra would be like, uh, like a shadow, like an eclipse. Yeah. Right. So maybe one of the moons happens to line up perfectly with the equinoxes and mm-hmm. shadows the sun or the star. I chose the word umbra. I knew that it was shadow. It specifically referred to shadows or core shadows. Umbra has also been used in different types of fantasy worlds to be a specter or a shade or a ghost. Or umbra has also been used to represent more of a a deity type thing. 
just as a name, not okay. necessarily the what, strict what definition. This is kind of like a, a a source of magic, like the way the the magic system works. The sun has to be in like orientations or whatnot, and the mm-hmm. equinox pushes it past that point where it's useful. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of around the equinox, their magic system is the weakest because yeah, the sun. Yeah, um, um, based off of what you were just saying. The only types of magic that we really see are more on like the cooler or aqua elements with ice and water. What if after the equinox, they're no longer able to create water shards and the only shards that they can create are more of like heat shards. And so all of their rations going from like a a winter spring to a summer fall. Yeah. So it kind of shifts the way their magic system works. Right. Which could be kind of interesting because all of the rations might be completely featured or based on these cooler. And now, you know, the longer months are there and suddenly like they don't have any of the supply that they need. Interesting. So then now they're kind of in, they're, they're kind of in a, a quick in game where like their supplies are running low, their magic systems now in the less optimal yeah. phase for fighting these guys or supplying their troops. Yeah, you, you oh, can't start so they're making time fire table. shards. Maybe like the, the water shards or the, the ice shards were made a long time ago and they're running out, but you can't mm. start making fire shards until you hit the equinox. I don't know. Interesting ideas. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, like that, w- that would be interesting, like c- creating a magic system that is based on seasons, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the spring and fall equinoxes and that's the demarcation point between like spring magic and summer mm-hmm. magic and ice shards happen around uh the solstices so like the winter solstice mm. is the point at which they can make ice shards so from it's almost winter like a solstice, like as yeah. soon as that like shifts you you harvest as much as you can until right. the seasons no longer allow it it's kind of like fruit and like canning and such. Yeah, yeah. This this is literally canning a magic <laughs> magic canning. <laughs> Get up the mason jars, Michael. Hope we're canning ice. <laughs> oh man. Oh, we were we were canning apricots and earlier uh, oh, this week. And really? So how tasty. how was that? Oh, that's it's good. Fun. It's good. Oh, we're, we're looking I've forward to peaches. I've never actually canned anything before. Now is a good time to go buy peaches from your local farmers. Why don't you just invite us over? And okay, we'll buy a box. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I highly recommend it, guys. Okay, interesting. Okay, I like this concept of harvesting. This half of this episode is is a magic system as opposed to being a scout, but it creates an interesting world. So I'm here for it. Um, But I'm so sad. Shohi does not look like he makes it. That is sad. I totally just lost all my notes. I didn't save it when my phone turned off. Uh Oh. You deleted it? Yeah. All right. So let's have to go from the episode. Good old. I do care. My phone doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) I do like the the uh, Leonids. Yeah. I I think the Leonids are very interesting. Do we want to explore more about them uh, as a way to wrap up this episode? Uh, Or I, I guess the other direction is do our scouts win? Do, do they get their ship? Well, Oh, okay. In the end, I mean, like they lose, they lose this skirmish and I think they're losing the war, but I think, I mean, like in the end, our, our motley army Mm -hmm. gets off planet, the colonies get off the planet and they do so through the alien ships, which possibly leaves the alien stranded, which is kind of another interesting take that you could do on that one. But I think for our crew, the next steps is, is they see the shimmering in the sands, the dirt Mm -hmm. and 
they only have moments to react to it because the robot creature mm-hmm. like coming out of the ground and like attacking our motley crew and maybe this is the point when so he dies oh so right at the beginning I, well I, oh, wait, there's wait, a wait. lot of story that's established up to this point yeah i was thinking maybe this little story snippet that you gave us i was thinking could be the end like they were searching for the ships maybe they got really close oh like the actual end of the book yeah like this is or the, this the part of the, of the story book. yeah okay okay yeah so the shimmering in the sands maybe it was too late they spot it but it was way too close to them Mm-hmm. And he in the retreat or in the scrambled mess, their little crew wasn't quite oriented well. Mm-hmm. And you see this creature, this robot come up out of the ground. It's bipedal and it's got a very sharp point because that's what it uses to tunnel through mm-hmm. the dirt. And it ends up killing our Shohi. And uh, the rest of the crew scrambles. They all flee away into the, in, well, it's, you said dry, it's desert. Is there any it's place for the high? I, I'm going to assume, yes, that we easily can put something in for them to hide with. Yeah. Okay. So like that I would there's... establish earlier in the story that was there. Right. So they, they kind of the, the, maybe this is a five person crew and the four others, they scramble away and mm-hmm. they're now watching with binoculars and, and I mean, it was too late to save their friend. Unfortunately, he was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I kind of want to feel like he gave them a fighting chance. Like there's yeah. something that show he was able to do like a, a trade or to die heroically, right? I mean, if if it's not heroic, maybe that makes it that much more painful to have literally a main character just like smack against the wall Done. and die. It's happened before. <laughs> it it has happened and it's tragic when it happens. But I mean, show he's got to be a character you fall in love with. I mean, it, yeah, Absolutely. he's got to be a character that that's uh, witty that the crew loves like he's always willing he maybe he's the mechanic of the crew <laughs> yeah. and he's the one that's always fixing things and he's like oh you're you're verbatim or whatever it's called <laughs> verbatim <laughs> <laughs> i've made stuff up you're good you can make stuff up too <laughs> right he's like oh let me see that i hear it's not working quite right he opens it up and trims the pot so it's not overdriving the mm-hmm. vibration magic or whatnot um so they get better sound reception or longer mm-hmm. distance or whatnot he was always doing nice things and yeah, you know he yeah. was the one you know Stand maybe out. maybe he wasn't the one actually searching uh for the disturbance in the sand he was searching for the vehicles that they want to take over mm-hmm and that's how he got caught off guard. He he kept going a little bit farther away, hmm. uh, whereas the other crew was kind of looking more for ground disturbances. And by that point, it was too late. And they, the alien Leonids, they see him. He's the one that trips their presence off. Oh, but, he's supposed to be quiet. No. And he's supposed to be quiet. Maybe he's a little klutzy mm-hmm. um, as a character. Um, well, and but, what if, okay, if he's more handling like the mechanics too, what mm-hmm. if he's been the one that's been experimenting with Leonid Tech? His role was if anybody was going to get the ship to work, he's probably the one that's going to be able to get the ship to work, which makes oh. the escape that much more interesting because suddenly right. they don't have him to escape, even expert. though they secure their vehicle. Okay. What, what I'm thinking now, though, is that they have his notebooks and he's been jotting yeah. things down. Okay. But it's like geek speak and they're like... This kind of makes sense, but he doesn't use words right or something <laughs> mm-hmm. like that. Anyway, so they have a hope. They have a chance. Um, but I do like the oh. fact that. What? what do you no, got? I was just thinking, how cool would it be? Like, okay, I love what you're saying. They have his notes. They have all the records that he's left behind. How interesting would it be 
that Shohei is still in the story. His words are still there, but not him himself anymore. Okay. It, it's well, like, let's say he's done a lot of videography with his video phone or video mm-hmm. vibrating, crystal whatever thingy. it is. <laughs> yeah. Right. So he's, he's been recording his interactions and it's like, is this thing recording? And he's mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you get to see him in these weird third person views mm-hmm. that you didn't see before. And then he's like, okay. And he, you know, he calls his friend over and he's like, I've dissected this part of the robot. And when you actuate this part, you know, it, mm-hmm. it moves here. Like, I think this is the control board and he takes it out of the machine and they, he, he's like walking through the different parts. And so I like that you still get this interaction with Shohi, but it's, it, it's more through his logs, his video logs, yeah, his writing yeah. and it, notes that he leaves himself, which the other characters pick up. It almost feels now that maybe Shohi is only the main character of the prologue and we lose Shohi at the beginning of the prologue. And this story is somebody else's story that we're following. But Shohi gets to to be the ghost of what ends up being the the guide for our Motley crew. Interesting. I kind of like that. And maybe maybe so the battle actually takes place early on. Okay. You know, we we're, we're establishing the world. We're establishing the battle. We're establishing the stakes. It's his point of view, and the prologue ends when he passes away. And that transitions us into chapter one. And into the main story. Yeah. I also kind of like thinking the snippets of the story that we're getting is actually some of the journal entries that he wrote. Yeah, you could do a back and forth where you can have miniature chapters that are his notes that he's taken over time, which is kind of (laughs) reminiscent of other books that I've read recently. (laughs) Literally was not thinking about those books. In fact, I don't think I've read one of those books in in about a year now. So, Okay. Either way, I do like the fact that he... You know, he he gets us acquainted with the scenario. Yeah. He he tells us the you know the awfulness of the bad guys and But how fascinating their technology is. Yeah. Not necessarily awfulness, but like how fascinating their tech is. Yeah. And and seeing it more from that point of view. But the rest of the story is how they get off the planet. Using him as a resource. One thing that could be interesting is that um and maybe we don't see this early on because they haven't gotten to that part of his notes yet. What if he doesn't think that there's anything evil or wrong about the alien race that they're up against? What if he's actually defending them in his notes, in his ability of trying to understand them? All of the scouting that he's done in the past, everything that he's researched, you know, he's writing in and realizing that there's nothing wrong here. Like we might be able to connect with them. And so he might be the only person in this squad or maybe among their people who might think mm-hmm. that way. Interesting. It was all a big misunderstanding. The first shot wasn't a first shot. They didn't know we were intelligent. <laughs> Which we've something. seen stories like those too. So yeah. I I definitely think the first shot, maybe in our case, definitely was a first shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, we were self-defending or defending yeah. ourselves. No, that's interesting. I mean, there's so many different ways you can take this yeah. um, to kind of flesh out a more full story here. But I think the key elements are there. We've got mm-hmm. a we've we've got a conflict. We've got a clear objective. They're losing a war. They need to get off. This crew has their mission statements yeah. and have suffered extremely. This actually reminds me a bit of like learning about World War II and, hmm. and U.S. history with Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, and they suffered like, you know, 50, 70% casualty rates. Whoa. And they still succeeded. They still pulled off their mission. 
in most other groups, you That's know, that would, you know, they, they'd fall apart yeah. when you had that kind of casualty rate. To lose um, that many people. I, I want to say our, our, our 19 D 19 Delta group here, our, our cavalry guys are of that metal. Yeah. And you know, they can lose a few guys and still pull the mission together and win. Yeah. Uh, here, which means that um, we're going to lose another character. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> you said it, not me. I did. I did. We've got to get down to 30% here. No, we're just kidding. Not that low. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, but, for the most part, they know that this is a suicide mission. They know, you know there might be several ways that they're going to survive, but they're not responsible for the other ways. They're responsible for making this way work. You know, and there could it, be other yeah. teams in the back, you know, the rest of their society. And I'm going to assume that they've probably been on this planet now for 15 years, just at, yeah. you know, Earth equivalent style years. They figured out the natural magic system that is happening on this planet or right. whatever the been energy system is, the it. harvesting system. They've been able to adapt to it. I want to say that the the Leonids are new. They're a newer threat, but 15 okay. years is such a small window. Yeah. You know, they still got there about the same time, even though it's only a 15 year difference. Um, yeah. Or just using that as like an arbitrary number. And so I really think that there is a lot of misunderstandings that are going on. And I wouldn't be surprised if our motley crew or, or you know, whatever race, the, the humans that are there probably want to say, have the planet. You can have it. We'll leave. We <laughs> yeah, just can't. We just need a ship. <laughs> we just can't you, leave. You destroyed it in the first skirmish, guys. Right. I, I like that. I, you know, for this little crew, I, I mean, part of me, part of me does want to like, you know, they get closer and closer mm-hmm. to their objective, but they keep losing members of their team until there's only <laughs> one left. And the last person succeeds. He pulls it off. How's that? <laughs> but in the process of pulling it off, he dies. Michael, you can't do this to me. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm heartbroken. I'm, I'm kind of like heartbroken for this crew. But we like, don't even know them. We don't even have names for them. <laughs> I know. We only have names for one. Shohi. <laughs> but, no, it, but it's against all odds. Yeah. It's like, an against, against all odds all story. Odds. Yeah. And they succeed in the end, they get the ship they need. Yeah. But they do it at the cost of their whole crew. And maybe that there mm-hmm. is the point that the Leonids needed to see. Like, oh my gosh, like you guys really just want to get off. Like you're not mm-hmm. trying to attack us anymore with this crew. You just needed to get a ship because we destroyed yours. And they put it together and they're like, okay. You know, and they kind of reach an olive branch over and deliver to help them make a ship to leave. What if the Leonids actually figure it out? Because let's give our crew a week. They get the ship and they have it for a week. Okay. Okay. The Leonids are tracking the ship down. They're trying to figure out where the ship was taken. And in that week, they're trying to re-outfit the ship for space travel and to transport people. Okay. They took off all the weapons. They took off everything to create more life support, to create more for people to escape. And in that final battle... The last, you know, the last one dies and then the Leonids actually find the ship in the condition that it's in and mm-hmm. realize what they were trying to do. They were trying to escape. Yeah. They go back over their battles and they're like, oh, we destroyed, like they do some Every, more surveys yeah. and they see like, oh, we destroyed all of their spacefaring vehicles. And like, mm-hmm. is it too easy though? I mean, like, 
I'd like, I like it though. I mean, mm-hmm. I like how it resolves and like, maybe they do form a friendship, but like they're still kind of conquering and like, sorry, this is our planet. Like we, yeah. we claim it. We've, we've conquered it. It's ours now, but we'll help you get to space. We'll help you get back to where you came from. And they do, they mm-hmm. agree. Like the humans are like, you're right. We're, we're out of resources. We can't colonize this like we wanted to anyway. So they take yeah. the peace agreement and, and leave, but man, it costs them. There's hardly any humans left. To to be frank, you know they tried. It was cute. They did. They they just didn't make it. <laughs> they pat on the back and they make it back to Earth twenty years later. <laughs> and Earth like, all right, I guess we're not alone in the universe. Which that in itself, I think, would be an interesting story of, you know, your first colonizer ship returning because they couldn't beaten make it. Yeah, they they were beaten oh, in man. space. Oh, that's and returning book. in a ship that's not their own. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of a good news, bad news. <laughs> Which one do you want first? Good news is we got some really cool tech. Bad news is we lost 90% of our population and the planet. Everything. And the planet. Um, by the way, our spaceship looks like a giant lion. Don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Humans start eyeing the lions differently. Like, what's going on? Yep. What are you guys up to? Well, I like it. Cool. I like it. It was fun. It's a bit more heartbreaking of a story. Yeah. I mean, I think when you are telling a story about a military squad, any type of military yeah. movement, it tends to be much harder to get through. It can be. I, I think that yeah. they tend to be. Because it, if you're dealing with any type of squad, you're dealing with something that is wartime. You're dealing mm-hmm. with combat. You're dealing with two groups not agreeing with each other. And I think that will always lead to heartbreak, no matter what side of the story that you're on. Uh, yeah. I, I think that there probably were some severe casualties on the Leonid side of things. They don't understand the energies or the the harvesting of that world. And yeah. they must have had their losses. Yeah. Book, book 10, they put it all back together again. They actually form a union between the two civilizations. Oh, how beautiful. Yeah. But you have to wait till then. Oh, okay. Well, we haven't written that book yet. So keep a lookout. Um, that will be obviously a New York Times bestseller. Uh, 2045. Mm-hmm. But mark your calendars. In fact, actually, no, 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 no. It's it's going to take 33 years for the oh, book to come right, out. <laughs> right, right, right. It's got to be in sync with the Leonids. So exactly. 2021, <laughs> so 33 years. That would make it 2054. Actually, 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 only one book comes out every 33 years. So I'm not oh, going to finish snap. the series. I think we're going to need some Descendants, Michael, to, to finish this. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll go get some robots on it. Okay, Maybe perfect. AI. That's all we need. <laughs> I mean, Google can I'll, write the book. I'm sure that they're already working on it. <laughs> It'll be great. We'll, we'll write the prompt. Okay. They'll finish the book for us. Thank you, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and it was OpenAI. Thank you, Michael, for joining me on this yeah. episode of Creator's Playbook. And thank you guys for joining us also on our episode about a squad that doesn't make it. Oh, poor things. And if you guys want to find us, we are on Twitter at Creators PB Pod. You can search for us on Facebook at Creators Playbook. And if you want to refer back to this episode, the episode hashtag is down in them show notes. You guys are amazing. Um, any last thoughts, Michael, before we close out? Whatever thou art, act well thy part. Thank you. What am I? I don't know what I am, Michael. Why are we still going? Stop the recording already. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Creator's Playbook is a Talea Studios production. 
If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at contact at creatorsplaybook.com. Thank you so much for joining us. We cannot wait to see what you make. You take such good notes, Michael. Verbanite. <laughs> <laughs> this was Verbanite phone. Verbanite. If you're if you're the one reading the story, I would have been like, "What's that called again? What's that thing?" <laughs> yeah, it's seriously like, Ooh. I I have to so that I yeah. can keep track of our story and we don't get distracted and off in the weeds. Which, and then we can make you know forty minute episodes as opposed to hour and a half long episodes. I mean, that has happened in the past. Um, story wise, next time it's going to be ASMR. Oh, the entire time. What are the aliens doing while they're trying to kill the humans? <laughs> oh <my gosh>. Okay. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Perfect. <laughs>